0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting today from the legendary studios of WVMT in Vermont, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boozed up, fired up to bring you another big day of top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. A shindig that has one rule, even here in Vermont, where the cops will pull you over for driving without a Subaru. Uh, our rules still the same. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all we ask on a big... Big Friday episode. Uh, If you watched The Champ last night on Tucker Carlson, thank you. Uh, You know I need the ratings. Kind of bad. Have you seen how I dress? We need to bump this up. Uh, If you missed the hit, it is on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. But today, uh, just shortly after uh, doing some big TV with the Tuck Man, myself, producer Mikey, uh, we strapped him in the back, gave him an iPad to keep him busy. A lot of are we there yet's from our little child producer, uh, Mikey, myself, Tamara from Fox News, just shot up the highway. And what was explained to us to be a five hour and 15 minute drive came in. uh, Would you guess uh, a little bit, just a little over four hours, just a little over four hours. We're not messing around. I busted out some old school cabbie moves and uh, I closed. We closed hard. We set a land speed record. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is we're setting up a GoFundMe for bail money, and if somebody could help us out, uh, we're in a lot of trouble with the law right now. But that's not, that's not the hot topic of conversation as we kick off the show. Sadly, we have a lot of people running this country right now uh, who don't know what they're doing. Um, scientists actually have a word for them. They're called Democrats. It's a bad one, man. And this has kind of been a resounding theme all week. And I always hate the I hate this theme, man. As a guy who kind of roots for the country, you know, I need the country to do well. You know the rising tide that lifts all boats. I come from the level of intellect that very much is reliant on that high tide. Okay? You know me. Yes, I graduated high school, but I was drunk at the graduation. I mean I attended community college. I'm not sure I graduated. Uh, And, you know, I've kind of made my way in the world, but I've done it. You know, on the back of America, this being a country where anything's possible, where anybody can be anything, you know, I was able to buy into that reality and, you know, just kind of outwork the people around me. And, you know, with a couple of low-level extortion attempts and some well-timed blackmail, here I am hosting a nationally syndicated talk show. But the point is that road that I took is getting infinitely harder right now because of the people that are running the country. Tell them like it is, And it's just very frustrating for me as we get out of the gate today. You know, I got out of bed this morning. If you count an hour and 50 minutes of sleep as getting out of bed. (laughs) I got poked with a stick by the front desk this morning because I asked for a makeup call and was told I had to get down to WVMT and do some morning radio with Kurt and Anthony. Uh, Never doing that again, but stick with me. I'm kidding. They were great. Shout out to both of them. Uh, But as I rolled over and got in the Bronco and headed down the road uh, to come see the boys, I was watching. This is fascinating. It was on in the lobby. I was just watching highlights yesterday. From the goings-on with the White House, and it was just, you know, you know, remember the old Dire Straits video, the Walk of Life, where they were playing football bloopers? You'd see like a pass hit a guy in the helmet or a ref slip on a banana peel when he was making a call. The Biden administration has very much turned into its own version of the Walk of Life. Whether we're talking about the economy or the border or inflation or baby formula, everything makes more sense if you play the Walk of Life and you show bloopers because it's just one after the other. And, you know, it starts at the top, it trickles its way on down, and there's like a basic frustration for me. And I'm manic. I haven't slept. I'm in a great mood. I'm I'm on the road. We're having fun. But there's just so much rampant stupidity. And when I watch it, you know, let's start with Biden. I'll give you him out of the gate. I just, I look around, man, and I'm like, how does anybody feel confident in the ball this team is playing? And as a sports guy, I say that to you because we're very much in this American moment. We're like the Lakers. Before Phil Jackson took over. Do you remember when Shaq and Kobe had all that talent? Kurt Rambis slicked back his hair like he was Michael Douglas in Wall Street, but they couldn't win a game. But they had the talent. It wasn't a crisis of capability. They just needed somebody to point them in the right direction. We need a Phil Jackson. Okay, maybe not the Phil Jackson on the Knicks who just took the money and flew back to L.A. to bang Jerry Buss's daughter. I don't know if we need that, Phil. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But a Phil Jackson that could harness some talent and point this team in the right direction, because the current coach, let's start here with this Biden moment. He's trying to express sympathy at a presser. Uh, and it's not exactly the best bedside manner. This has nothing to do with anything when it comes to the economy or anything else. But let's start here. This is Biden exp- trying to express condolences to people who've lost the CFO of their company. Or, as he said, watched him drop dead unexpectedly. It's clip 35.
2: And by the way, my sympathies to your, the family of your CFO, uh, uh, your CFO who uh, un- dropped dead very unexpectedly. My best of their family. It's tough
3: stuff. Biden is such a disaster. <laughs>
1: My condolences to your CFO who dropped dead unexpectedly. Why not throw in kick the bucket? Bought the farm. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not the best. You know what I mean when it comes to messaging? But as Dana Perino said the other night on Gutfeld, you know, the White House keeps saying they have a messaging problem. Dana had a brilliant line. She said a messaging problem is when your microphone doesn't work. For Joe Biden, a messaging problem is when it does.
0: Correct, Come on,
1: <laughs> When every time his mic works, it's disastrous. And as we talk about the economy and the position we find ourselves in, there's no port in the storm. I keep telling you, oh, there's a there's a, you know, Phil Jackson moment coming. It ain't coming. Okay, we're not getting Phil Jackson. I would take Jermaine Jackson at this point. Throw me a Tito. Okay, here's Corinne Jean Pierre, the diversity hire, uh, explaining why Biden keeps reminding everybody that inflation is worse everywhere in the world, but here, which by the way is statistically false. Okay, we have pretty much the worst rate of inflation of any industrialized nation. Okay, it's higher here in most places, but again, the point of being the president of the United States of America is not to remind us, you should see the other guy. The point is, for us not to be in a position that's comparable to the other guy. Okay, but our quality of life has been so compromised under this president that we're now sitting here in the moment... And what he's offering you is the same level of condolence he just offered that company whose CFO dropped dead unexpectedly. Well, your CFO could have been thrown into a wood chipper. Am I right, guys? I mean, he could have died in a blimp accident over the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. But he dropped dead unexpectedly. When it comes to the economy, that's what we're getting here. We're getting the drop dead unexpectedly moment of, well, could have been, you know, worse. Could have been the other guy. So here's Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to justify this. It's clip one.
0: He says
4: that inflation is worse everywhere but here. That's not true. The U.S. has worse inflation than Germany, France, Japan, Canada, India, Italy, Saudi Arabia. Well, so why is he saying
5: that? I think we, what we are saying is that uh, when you talk about inflation, it is a global thing. And it is not just about the United States. This is something that everyone is feeling because of coming out of a once-in-a-lifetime once in pandemic, because of the war that Russia has started in Ukraine.
1: I mean,
3: what would you do with the brain if you had one?
1: Every time you pivot to, well, inflation's a global thing. Inflation took off, off here because of a domestic thing, okay? It took off here, according to the San Francisco Fed, which isn't exactly summering in Mar-a-Lago. The San Francisco Fed authored a study that said inflation began the day, the day Biden signed what he called the American Rescue Plan, Which, of course, was $1.9 trillion worth of infrastructure and COVID relief, of which 9% of the actual money went to something called COVID relief. That is financial lunacy. But that print-and-spend economics devalued the currency. We had a hot economy poised to reopen on the back of a pandemic shutdown, and flooding the zone with currency kicked off inflation. Then, of course, all the big government intervention in the workforce when it came to mandates and regulations and enhanced unemployment benefits made it impossible for small businesses to hire.
5: Thanks, big government weenuses.
1: They caused inflation. It was 1% on the day they took over. Okay, I don't even know what the – honestly, I don't even know. I judge the inflation right now by the amount of notifications my producer gets from OnlyFans based on new accounts that have opened in his area. Every day, more and more men and women are selling their naked pictures of themselves on OnlyFans, which wasn't happening as much in the last economy. But we're here now because the people in charge are complete and total idiots. You're absolutely right. But here is, okay, more Corinne Jean-Pierre, okay, calling out oil companies. You know, the big pro—well, you know, they haven't brought the capacity back to pre-pandemic levels. You understand— When we're talking about confidence, when we are talking about messaging, it's not their messaging to the American people. It's the fact that they don't really have a clear message. This guy ran for office on, I'm going to declare war on fossil fuel production. This guy got into office and told them to cut production. Now, as inflation is soaring, he turns around and he's yelling, he's yelling at the oil companies because they're not producing enough oil.
0: That's just how white folks will do you.
1: Listen to this. This is just runaway stupid, man. It's runaway stupid. Here it is, this is clip two.
4: I know his letter was a lot about refining and increasing refining, but that's a lot of oil that comes in from overseas. So why isn't he asking companies to drill more here in the U.S.?
5: So due to decreased demand at the start of the pandemic, U.S. oil refineries reduced their capacity by more than 800,000 barrels per day now that consumers demand has returned thanks to the president's recovery plan oil refineries have still not brought refinery capacity back to the pre-pandemic level so that is the problem and that is what we're trying to address
1: i mean don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining the problem is not the pandemic the problem is not their refusal to ramp up production okay the problem is we have idiots running the country that are so beholden to this green energy agenda That in this moment, they're still trying to weaponize this crisis and make the pain the point, make it the motivating factor that makes you switch ultimately to an electric vehicle. They work in long con here. They don't care about your short term pain if the end result is we invest in more green energy, which, by the way is a hell of a bone to throw to the Chinese economy who makes most of the minerals and makes most of the infrastructure we need for green energy. At the same time, they're opening up a coal plant every other hour. It's bananas. Okay, but here we are declaring war on our own economy. And the reason nobody was motivated to drill, you hear things about permits, but permits aren't leases. You hear things about leases, but leases aren't permits. And when they ended subsidies for fossil fuel companies, when Wall Street started stopped backing at the behest of this administration, okay, the investment capital needed to take on these projects, they put us at a massive disadvantage. That being said, we should boost production here. There's no two ways about it, especially if you're a person who cares about the environment. Because reality is, we burn oil 42% cleaner here than any of the countries we're buying it from. 42% cleaner, which means if the consumption stays equal, we're polluting more by getting it overseas, never mind That you now have to transfer that oil from there to here, which means you're burning even more.
6: That's stupid. Use your common sense.
1: So, from a pollution standpoint, there's no justification. Okay, here's John Kirby. He was pressed on it by Peter Ducey. He said, How is this in the best interest of U.S. national security as we're depleting the strategic oil reserves? As we're depleting our own economy, how is it in the best interest of of national security for the president to fly over to Saudi Arabia hat in hand and say, hey, I don't mean to interrupt you while you're chopping up this latest journalist who criticized the regime, but if we could just get some oil? Listen to this. They don't have an answer. It's clip six.
4: How is it that you guys have determined that it's in the U.S. national security interest to ask Saudi Arabia to drill more oil? instead of just letting oil companies drill more here in the U.S.? Well,
2: I think you know, uh, Peter, there's uh, some 9,000 unused drilling permits here in the United States uh, as well. Um, Look, um, the the oil production issue is a global issue, uh, and OPEC plus three has already increased preset increases by more than 50 percent just for July and and August. uh, And we're grateful to Saudi Arabia's leadership on that.
3: That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm.
1: By the way, there's nothing I like more than being grateful to Saudi Arabia's leadership. I mean, think about it. They don't really have the fuel crisis we do because half of the citizens in the country aren't allowed to drive. It's easier to keep prices under control if you don't let women drive. Not to mention car accidents, ladies. (laughs) Come on! That was a cheap shot, but I'm being silly. Long story short... If you look out at the world right now, if you look out at the gas pump right now, which I don't advise anyone to do, (laughs) you don't want to see those prices, but the prices are where they are, not because of Putin invading Ukraine, not because of oil company greed, but because the people running this country are a bunch of idiots.
7: And I'm out here in the real world
1: and I know what's right or wrong.
0: A show so good, it's hard to describe.
1: It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know.
0: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh.
1: Alright, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get-up-and-go-in-the-bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun, but are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy, you don't have to, okay? You can slow it down with NuGenix Total Tea. NuGenix Total it will boost free and total testosterone and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? NuGenix Total T. Testosterone Booster has testophen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try NuGenix Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of NuGenix Genix Total T. when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's two three one two three one, 231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting from the legendary studios of WVMT up in Vermont where some shout-outs are long overdue. My man Ralphie Boy came by the studio this morning and gave me like a gallon of syrup. I'm in a bad place in life where I just took the cap off the minute he walked away and started drinking it. (laughs) I'm not not proud. Uh, It was not good, uh, but it had to happen. So a shout-out to you, Ralphie Boy. And, of course, Peter from YOLO Popcorn over in Middlebury. Uh, I got to tell you, man. We have a box of popcorn to motor through, and for a couple of guys who plan on drinking for the next 16 hours in a row, that popcorn just might save a life. Okay, you've never seen my producer Mikey out on the campaign trail, and there's a reason you've never seen him. And with any luck, you won't see him tonight either because it doesn't end good for Mikey. But right now, it's not ending good for the American people, man. I'm trying to clean up this mess. It ain't easy, man. All of the stuff with the economy, all of the stuff with the gas prices, is a crisis of our own making. And that's the frustration is it is preventable. This isn't one of those things where we're sitting around shaking a magic eight ball. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of eight balls in the White House if hunters there, but maybe not the kind that you ask questions to. But when we get to this point of, you know, police cutting back on patrol because gas is too expensive, Biden writing Jimmy Carter-esque letters to oil companies, here's Jim Kramer, OK, talking about the impact this could have on the market with Biden now picking fights with oil companies in an effort to pass the buck yet again. First, it was Putin's price hike. You know, they could have a game show. Do you remember Whose Line Is It Anyway? We could have a game show called Whose Price Hike Is It Anyway? They're like, well, it's ultra MAGA." Well, it's Putin. It's white supremacy. It's January 6th. Now it's Exxon's fault. Here it is, clip seven. What's worrisome to me is the pres- our, president, oh, not to our president's reaction for. is to send a letter to the oil companies saying you're making too much money. And that is harks back to an era of Jimmy Carter and the Jimmy Carter, you know, we have windfall tax. I mean, it's all the things that just say don't own stocks, just don't own them. I mean, the president uniquely rebuffed the oil companies who wanted to produce more and instead is going to go to Saudi Arabia, which he called a pariah and a murder state. I mean, you think about that. He looks like an idiot. You know, yeah, they're a pariah state. They're the worst. Then he's on the phone like, hey, yo, my man, why don't you hook a brother up with some oil? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look good. I was like, Well, I thought, we were pariah- I thought we were pariahs, but that's the kind of position we're in. And this is what happens when you have just an unmoored presidency. What I mean by an unmoored presidency is traditional politicians care so much more about power than they do about people that they'll abandon any position. They'll abandon any principle. But the one I never thought I'd see abandoned was America first, was governing for a country. And, oh, I don't know trying to get the country into a good position. This reminds me of the Broadway play, The The Producers, where they're tanking a musical on purpose to collect money. We're watching the springtime for Hitler presidency. You know, everybody said Trump was literally Hitler. Biden is literally springtime for Hitler. It's a bad situation. And this musical isn't getting any better anytime soon.
0: It's the morning show that, uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
6: When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion cdc and in two years of the lockdowns he has screwed us over royally all the rules keep changing cdc 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 cdc, CDC. and found cheap no clue what they're doing cdc And when the vaccinated people Masking up in stores agree None of this is science, CDC For though they may be boosted There is still a chance they'll infect me What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, CDC CDC, CDC, and Fauci, fire all these morons, CDC.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Even the Beatles are worked up about this latest one. Dr. Fauci on Capitol Hill yesterday.
3: Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt.
1: It sure seemed that way. An intense cross-examination with he and Rand Paul. They got the band back together again, a little bit of a standoff. The big issue right now is they're trying to, and they have authorized, vaccine and booster use for children between the ages of six months and five years old. Now, do we have any case data whatsoever that shows that this vaccine offers any long-term benefit to kids? The answer would be no. Do we have any case data that says kids aren't beating this on their own With no help at all. Yes, we have plenty of that. Okay, again, I'm not being cavalier with the health of anyone's child, but the actual mortality and hospitalization rate amongst children is infinitesimal, and we have two years of data on that. But a lot of people out there have pharmaceutical stock. A lot of people out there have a copy of the Rob Report. And they're looking at Lamborghinis and custom log homes in Vail, Colorado and things they'd like to buy this summer. So your kid needs to get a shot. That's basically what we're looking at here. And I can make that audacious claim because here is Dr. Fauci. And, you know, sometimes no no answer is a yes answer. Do you understand? He's pressed by Rand Paul, who wants to know. If anybody on this panel is receiving royalties from these vaccines, Fauci refuses to answer, which is a really fancy way of saying yes. Bingo. Here it is, clip 33.
2: Here's what I want to know. It's not just about you. Everybody on the vaccine committee, have any of them ever received money from the people who make vaccines? Can you tell me Uh, that? Can you tell me if anybody on the vaccine approval committees... Ever received any money? Are you going to let me answer a question?
8: Soundbite number one. Are you going to let me answer a question? According to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them even on their financial statement, according to the Buy Dole Act.
1: You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, what he basically just said is people on the vaccine boards making these authorizations are making money off the authorizations.
7: He knows what he's talking about.
1: When you hear Fauci pivot to things that he knows will resonate with the crowd he's playing to, which is the liberal wing of the media that just wants to hear word salad to shout down the substantive engagement on this issue. Are you done with soundbite number one? Are you going to let me finish? Fauci was interrupting him. Fauci wasn't letting him finish the question because he didn't want to be put in the position he wound up in, which is, hey, tell the American people if these authorizations are being made by people who stand to benefit financially. And what did he give you? He gave you, it's none of your business. I don't owe you this answer. Under the Bay, the buy Dole Act, we don't actually have to divulge on our financial statement whether we're pushing medicine that we ourselves are actually getting rich off of. Get him out of here. Get him out. But understand, OK, and this is not new. This is not unique to politics to Washington. Every time there's a war authorized, somebody's about to make a bazillion dollars and they're voting for that war. This goes on. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm not condoning it. But understand that they're doing so in such a brazen manner now that Fauci openly admits after that exchange. that They don't have any data showing that boosters actually reduce hospitalizations for children. We don't have that data yet. We don't know that. Okay, what we do know is a natural immune system producing antibodies is beating this thing literally 99.99999% of the time. It's not even one one hundredth of a percent that a child who's not immunocompromised, is running into an issue with COVID. It's not an actual thing. What is a thing, again, is yachts with helicopter landing pads on them, Daytime cocaine parties in the south of France. I mean, there's a lot of big breasts out there, and there's a lot of money sometimes if you want to see them. And these guys are basically just selling a vaccine now, forcing it on your kids because they want to go party in Nice, France. I mean, listen, I want to go party in Nice, France, too, but I'm not going to drug your kid for the hell of it. This is a disgusting time to be alive. Listen to this Fauci clip. Rand Paul says, hey, man, you remember the old Wendy's commercial, Where's the Beef? She's like, what do you mean beef? This is a vegan patty. We're just selling it to as beef. Here it is, clip 34. Government recommends
2: uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster?
8: Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. So there,
2: there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies On children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster.
1: You understand what he just said? That's factually true. Okay. Hear my words again. I'm talking to you as a guy who cares. I'm new. You know, it's a fast growing radio show. I'm all over the TV, but I'm still like a decent person. I'm more of a cab driver than I am like a, you know, media guy. Okay. There's going to come a year, okay, where I really don't, genuinely don't care. I'm just a fat, jaded monster. I'm on wife number five, and it's just a mess. I'm a pill-addled disaster. But right now, you can really weaponize my talent, and we can use it for good. But I need your help, because I'm not that motivated. I'm exhausted. I haven't slept since seventh grade. But understand what Rand Paul just said, because Rand Paul in this debate, Republicans in this debate, are being accused of being cavalier with the health of children. Oh, why won't they just let them authorize this booster use on the kids? That's so cavalier. Why are they standing in the way? They're rolling the dice with your child's health. How dare these people? I mean, that's what they're saying right now. But do you understand, okay, the cavalier people in this debate are the ones mandating a booster, recommending a booster, and openly admitting they have no idea what's going to happen. Yo, that's cavalier. You know what I'm saying? Here it is. These are the words. I'll read them to you. Okay? Okay. So there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. No studies, but, you know, your parents get to work it into the first conversation of every sentence as a left-wing status symbol. When your parents aren't busy strapping you up with a mask and a beekeeper shield and putting a pool cover over your stroller, they can now tell their friends that they got you boosted. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they have no idea what's going to happen. Listen to me. I'm speaking to you as a bad parent. I'm not a good parent. you my kid on the show. I'm a mess of a human, okay? But even I know this is a garbage move. You don't put something into your body. You don't know what it's going to do to you. And if you don't believe me, ask college me, who put a lot of things in his body. Like, I'm lucky to be here. I was an easy guy to vaccinate. I was like, how am I going to say no to this drug? After all the things, you know, I've done more drugs than a retired lab rat. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to turn down your Johnson & Johnson vaccine. All right, fine. So maybe I didn't take it. I bought a card off Craigslist. But the point is, who would I be to say no? But on behalf of children... When you've got Dr. Fauci, let's play it again, okay? These two clips should be heard by everybody in the country. Maybe someone was turning the dial. They just came across the show a second ago. And they're like, who is this guy? He's clearly tied up the real host. This is a man jacked up on some type of weirdo amphetamine. This is interesting. I'm going to listen until the cops break down the door. This one's for you, buddy. This is Fauci, first and foremost, saying there's no data on the kids. And then we'll close on the other one. It's clip 34 one more time.
2: Government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster?
8: Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. So
2: there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. What the
0: hell is the world coming
1: to? Again. We're recommending your child take the booster. We don't know if it's going to work. That is weapons-grade stupid. Okay, but here's the other one. And this is where, again, it gets so infuriating. Is Dr. Fauci was asked if any of the people authorizing these vaccines are making money off the authorization. Do they own stocks? Are they receiving royalties? Fauci's answer was, it's none of your business. None of your business, the very fancy way of saying yes. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Here it is, clip 33 one more time.
2: Here's what I want to know. It's not just about you. Everybody on the vaccine committee, have any of them ever received money from the people who make vaccines? Right. Can you tell me uh, that? Can you tell me if anybody Senator, on the vaccine approval committees ever received going, any money let from let people me answer who make vaccines?
8: Soundbite number 1, are you going to let me answer a question according to the regulations? People who receive royalties are not required to divulge them, even on their financial statement, according to the Buy dole Act.
1: He should be behind bars! I mean, really think about that. If you're listening to the show, you're a liberal. I don't care. You're not my enemy. This isn't like the Own the Libs radio. I don't care. I'm a talk show host, not an activist. Do whatever you want. I really don't care. But in what world could you listen to that in good conscience? and say that they're operating with the best interest of children in mind. There's no world. There's no world. Okay, the guy admits we have no data. We don't know what's gonna, what it's going to do. What he won't admit is whether or not anyone's making money. Now, listen, they don't have to divulge whether or not they're making money under this law he just quoted. That doesn't mean they're not allowed to divulge whether or not they're making money.
7: Oh,
1: wow. You understand? They don't have to. But they're allowed. So if the answer to are you making money off this vaccine is no, you damn well better believe they're going to say no. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But they're not saying no because they're making money off vaccinating your kid with a drug. They have no idea whether or not it's going to work. So the next time someone tells you you're cavalier, if you're not, you know, vaccinating your kid, you don't actually have to take them seriously, nor do you have to take your kid down to the clinic and get him a vaccine.
0: Listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting across Vermont, maybe even the Canadian border today. We're on WVMT, and uh, later today, when we get through this show, we will be heading up to the spanked Puppet in Colchester and we're going to be getting rowdy from 4 to 6-ish. Okay, we're not walking out at 6 unless they call the cops on my producer, in which case he might get dragged out. But I'm sticking around. I want to meet you guys. So if you're in the area, come down. If you got that thing in your head where you're like, well, I'm not going to get there by 6, dude, we're going to be there. Come by at 8. I don't care. You'll find me somewhere. I'm going to be in town. Whenever I leave the you know, town, it's an Amish rum springer. I have three days to try electricity and everything else in between and decide if I want to make it back to the farm. So far, I've been making back to the farm for about 16 years. There have been a lot of close calls. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. Uh, It's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. But the point is, we'll be putting the title on the line tonight at the Spank Puppy. We would love to see you there. At the very least, you'll know why I'm such a mess tomorrow night on the Fox News channel with Lawrence Jones. I mean, if you watch that TV tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, you might get a contact high from watching it in your house. Me and LG are getting the band back together. Again, assuming I get out of Colchester in one piece. 888 9910 if you want to join me up here. In the next hour, we have Arizona Representative Andy Biggs coming by. We're also going to have a chit-chat with the great Shannon Bream. Far too classy for this program, but I've got enough dirt on her that she has to stop by once in a while. Uh, Shannon Bream, of course, an expert on the Supreme Court. And later in the show today, we're going to be discussing the fact that this Dobbs ruling hasn't come out yet. One of the reasons you know, that we've heard bandied about is that these justices have kids in school in the D.C. area. And they don't want to release this opinion until their kids are out of school for fear of what might happen. Number one, it's a chaotic scene, which is unfair to their kids and, of course, the other kids. But number two, you know, the party of peace and tolerance of inclusion is prepared to burn things down if they don't get their way. I mean, that's the world we live in. Do you remember election night 2020? I work at Fox News in New York City. What do you think we were doing on election night? Barricading the building in case the peaceful side got upset that night. Because that's what peaceful, you know, passes for in this day and age. Do you remember when we were told they were fiery but mostly peaceful protests? People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. It's hard to say there was any good moment during the George Floyd riots. But it was kind of funny when CNN was broadcasting about how these were peaceful protests. Don't listen to the Republican, you know, the right-leaning news networks. And then CNN's headquarters in Atlanta were breached by protesters setting fires in the lobby. No, no, it's great. Everything's fine here. I don't know what everybody's so worked up about over on Fox. These guys are crazy, man. I don't know what they mean. Hey, can you speak up? We can't hear you over the explosion. It's a mess, man. But it's a mess. Why? Because people will do anything in this day and age to get their way politically. They don't really care about the societal consequence. That's the one thing. I mean, if I was making one positive difference in the world, that's it. You know, when they told me, like, hey, every other big name host we wanted to give this show to turned it down. We're going to give it to you. I was great. I never need to go about it. It's amazing. What a great job. What am I going to say? No. Uh, But the point is, I really thought about what I wanted to do with this gig. I thought long and hard about how you could use a platform this big. And uh, it really is to try to be a force multiplier, not only of positive energy, but of just like perspective and reason, you know, get people to just chill out a little bit, lower the temperature, because the way we're doing politics is just so stupid. There's a lot of people on the left right now that think it's totally fine if Roe versus Wade gets repealed to burn down your city. Because it's the death of democracy. But it's not the death of democracy, because if they repeal Roe, it goes back to the states for a vote. So it's not the end of democracy. It's the beginning of democracy. This time around, individual states get to vote on it, as opposed to Roe versus Wade, which made the decision at a federal level, which meant you didn't have a say. Okay, Roe versus Wade, under those guidelines, was the end of democracy. But here are the Democrats telling you that if you get to vote on this— That's not democracy. Democrats are so full of crap. But they're doing this, again, three weeks after telling you men could get pregnant, now it's a woman's right to choose. They're doing this from a place of emotion is the point I'm trying to make. When you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you sound like a moron. Somebody needs to tell him.
3: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet. Broadcasting today from the legendary studios at WVMT 96.3 FM, 620 AM. We are up in Burlington, Vermont. This is not a drill. It's the real thing. We got a big hour of radio coming up here in the studio with Arizona representative Andy Biggs who has been watching the January 6th hearing, and he wants to throw his challenge flag. Now, you only get one per half. I do believe we're in the first half of the hearing, so this is a risque challenge flag to throw, but apparently he doesn't agree with most of the officiating, so away we go in this hour. 888 you want to watch the instant replay yourself you can chime on in there's only one rule we say it every day to the point of actual exhaustion you could sing along at home just the boys just the girls just the they's just the thems just the nine bondi- binary cisgender whatever's i probably get in trouble for telling this joke in vermont be a republican be a democrat just don't be a that is all that's all we really care about the whole point of america e pluribus unum out of many one means we're free-range chickens. Go do whatever the hell you want. When push comes to shove, we're on one great nation. Don't mess with us with a team nobody wants to play. Right now with a team nobody wants to take seriously because there's a lot of double standards in this country, especially when it comes to political violence. And when you have a double standard, you have no standard at all because you don't get collective buy-in. People on the left are yelling at you. You got to watch the January 6th trials. How dare you not watch the January 6th trials? Now, Never mind that there's no new footage. This is basically just the director's cut. You're still watching Rocky fight Drago in Russia on Christmas Day. You're just getting a couple new camera angles. We were told this was going to prove what? That Donald Trump was part of a criminal conspiracy to overthrow the government. That he coordinated the attack at the Capitol. Wrong. Okay, three days are in the books and we don't have a single scintilla of evidence saying this guy was doing that. What I've seen And I promise you, this is not like me talking as a homer. But these trials, these hearings are almost making him a more sympathetic figure because what you're realizing is what Bill Barr said on my show. Bill Barr said on this show, there was fraud in the 2020 election. He just didn't believe, after looking into it, that it rose to the level being fed to Donald Trump. So when Donald Trump was out there saying it's rigged, it's stolen, uh, you know, he was following the advice of Rudy Giuliani. He was following the advice of John Eastman. He was following the advice of people who stood to benefit from telling you this thing was stolen. Now, again, I can't tell you one way or the other what happened, because the truth is, if you say it's stolen, you're banned from polite society. You know, just like you were banned from polite society if you said the vaccine didn't stop people from getting covid, just like you were banned from polite society. If you said Hunter Biden's laptop is real, what I'm saying in, there's this weird, creepy, you know, tur- the orbit. That the stolen election claim happens to be floating around in, and that every single thing you've been banned from saying in the last two years on social media turned out to be true. So I don't know that it was stolen. I don't know that it wasn't stolen. What I do know is January 6th was the byproduct of Trump claiming it was stolen because after four years in office, the Democrats had proven that nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping this man. Whether it was the Russia thing, whether it was the Ukrainian charade of impeachment, where they were literally projecting onto Trump wrongdoing in Ukraine at a time when they were very much involved in a lot of wrongdoing in Ukraine. So much so that Hunter Biden's living, breathing business partner said Joe Biden was getting a 10 percent kickback from the transactions. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, understand, if there's a world where a human being comes forward... And says a Trump kid is selling access to the government. Donald Trump's getting a 10% cut. Yo, the world is on fire right now. Like, literally. And I'm out there. I'm getting free Nikes in the store on 42nd Street. I'm I'm part of it. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even saying I agree with it. But have you you seen these prices? We're at a 40-year high on inflation, folks. If you're going to loot, you know, life gives Jimmy Fallon lemons. He's going to make some lemonade. Okay, but the point is that double standard is why we don't have a standard. And what a lot of people are doing with January 6 as they're trying to use it as a justification not to look into the election integrity issues in this country. Understand, it's not a partisan statement, the last not just the Republicans, the last two sides that lost the election said it was stolen. The last two sides. Here's the Democratic side.
5: As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee And you can have the election stolen from you.
1: So understand, that's the Democratic standard bearer flat out telling you, as she has every day since then, that they stole the election. Okay, so we had one half of the country that spent the four years of the Trump presidency believing he stole that election. Now we have another half of the country that's going to spend the next four years believing Biden stole the election. And honestly, get past the fact that there were a lot of end arounds at the state level when it came to voting procedures. Just look at the guy. Nobody in their right mind watches Joe Biden speak and goes, oh, yeah, this guy got 81 million votes. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, you know, the thing. I mean, nobody watches Joe Biden quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished and go, this man inspired more Americans to turn out than any president in history. It's hard. It's hard to watch this guy and say, the yeah, no, this, this is a motivational speaker here.
2: You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: so there's that, coupled with the fact that, you know, Trump is the first incumbent president to increase his vote share and lose. No incumbent in the history of this country has ever increased his votes and lost. Trump increased his voter turnout by 10 million votes and still lost. So there's a lot of incongruities, if you will. And the fact that nobody wants to look into them and they're using January 6th as a justification is why nobody's really buying into it. But if you're sitting on the Democratic side of town, you've got a midterm election coming up, and it really is the only thing that matters. You've got to understand politics. I've spent a minimal amount of time around it. One weekend in Washington, D.C., I saw the whole game. It was fascinating, okay? We went over to Cafe Milano. We watched every name politician you've ever seen come in and out for a $5,000 brunch with some type of a lobbyist. They all drank fancy wine, like stuff I can't even pronounce, let alone drink, or I wouldn't even know the difference. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I get it. There's only one party in Washington. Ninety-nine percent of them belong to one party. It's like a unit party where they're all making lobbyist money. They're all selling out the country to special interests, and they just want to remain in power so they can keep that gravy train running.
7: He knows what he's talking about.
1: And that's the thing. Okay, there are a lot of people in Washington who got addicted to the power, because that power brings them a lot of spoils. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. So the point is, as we sit here having this conversation, everything that we say in an election year, the old saying is everything's political in an election year, okay? There's a midterm election coming up. The Democrats right now are on pace to lose the highest number of seats on behalf of an incumbent since Barack Obama, who, oh, by the way, lost the most seats for a sitting president in the midterm elections.
0: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department.
1: But the point is that's the trajectory they're on. Knowing that's reality, knowing that's what matters, knowing how many lobbyist lunches and slush funds and special interest paychecks are hanging in the balance, they really need this January 6th thing to scare some people into voting Democrat. But the issue they're running into here is we're starting to watch a lot of articles as we head into day four about why you should be watching January 6th. Sure, you might not care. Sure, you might not be watching, but you should be watching. The media is
3: a bunch of losers. They really
1: are. And why are they saying this? Why do they feel compelled to write these articles? They feel compelled to write these articles because nobody's watching. It's not having the desired effect they were hoping that it would. Oh, you're right. You know, and that's the issue we're running into. So let me give you this, okay? Here's John Kasich and Don Lemon. They're yucking it up over on CNN about what we need to do with the committee and what's going on over there. And I'm going to tell you this, okay? It spills into, and I hate to do this to you, but I am going to play you a clip from Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough.
6: No, God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
1: Pound for pound, I would say... I've probably sat in three million hours of traffic. I once got stabbed in the head with a screwdriver on the Van Vanwick Expressway. Um, I had a hooker punch me in the face once on Gun Hill Road. That was actually kind of hot. But the worst experience I've ever had in a taxi cab was that one year Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski had a radio show. I mean, that w- – oh, my goodness gracious. They used to charge you to get out. Like, you couldn't change the dial. They got rich. They're like, you could change the station, but it's going to cost you 20 bucks It's really hard to listen to. But here is Joe and Mika complaining that Fox News isn't giving it enough coverage. Yo, we're covering it around the clock. We carried it live during the day yesterday. We carried it live during the day, beginning of the week. Last Thursday when it kicked off in primetime, what did we do? Okay, Tucker cut in and out of it. Hannity cut in and out of it. And then Laura rightfully trashed it. We carried the whole thing live on Fox Business, Fox Nation, FoxNews.com. But what we didn't do, what we didn't do, is take the bait. And I don't even want to say it's bait. I think this is a coordinated effort by the other media outlets to try to repurpose January 6th. Everybody on Fox condemns January 6th. You have nobody saying, hey, this is a good thing. Oh, no, I'm glad they're in the Capitol. It's always nice to have a guy in a water buffalo hat and a Chewbacca bikini sitting in the chamber. It's good for the country. Something about it. None of us said that. We all agreed with January 6th and that it constituted a low point in our democracy. What we didn't agree on is, one, that we'd never seen violence like this in Washington because Democrats spent the previous summer burning down the city, tearing down statues and attacking the White House with such ferocity that they had to erect a second auxiliary barrier and throw the president in a bunker under the White House. That doesn't happen because the flower power people are having a peaceful demonstration on 16th Street. OK, that happens because Pennsylvania Avenue was under attack. So when the Democrats were like, we have never seen anything like this in our life, we were like, oh, sure we have. I mean, we might not have ever decided to discuss it or acknowledge it. But not only had we seen it, but we had seen Kamala Harris tweet on Twitter that we needed to be bailing out violent protesters.
3: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But
1: again, when Joe and Mika are complaining that Fox isn't showing it enough. Okay, that means it's not having the effect. They're trying, you dig? They're in the pumpkin patch. Okay, they promised, Charlie Brown promised Lucy that the, that the great pumpkin was going to fly over. This was the moment. Okay, Mueller was the great pumpkin. He didn't show up on Halloween with collusion. Impeachment one was the great pumpkin. He didn't come through with the goods. Impeachment two, another Halloween down the toilet. You didn't get the great pumpkin. He never showed up. So here we are with the fourth effort to ban Donald Trump from polite society for good. And they still don't have any evidence. And whenever the jig is up, what do they do? They pass the buck on to some other reason for them not having what they promise you. Remember, when the Mueller probe ended, it ended with what? Oh, Bill Barr. It's obstruction of justice. We got the proof. They just won't show it. Bill Barr won't let us see it. Look, he redacted one word in a 7,000-word binder. He redacted the word the. But if you put the word the in there, it changes the whole context. It's crazy. It shows you every—not only was Trump colluding with Putin, Trump and Putin wrote the bad ending to The Sopranos. We would have had a good finale to The Sopranos. Barr doesn't redact this word. We all know this. David Chase is off the hook. Trump dies in prison. That's what they did. Okay, they scapegoat the company. They get, you know, they gaslight the country. Oh, we got collusion. We got collusion. We got collusion. Then when the collusion doesn't come in, they just blame somebody else. So here we are with this January 6th thing, which is just a sequel to the last impeachment. Okay, there's no criminal charge. I'm being charged with incitement. The FBI doesn't need a committee to decide whether or not they need to charge somebody criminally. They have the goods if the goods are out there. By the way, this FBI would have leaked it everywhere. So when you hear Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski trying to pivot to, oh, it's Fox News' fault. Yeah, because if only Fox News showed it, okay, that would somehow, and never mind if Fox News is, is showing it. But if only we showed it more, that would somehow make the proof appear. You understand? If you show up with the proof, okay, we're all showing it. There's no world where we're not. Think of how many times Donald Trump trashes Fox News because we're not carrying water for the guy. Remember, like, a half hour after the election when Newsmax doubled its viewership to 55 viewers? It went up to 110 because a couple people got mad at Fox News. And then they turned on Newsmax and they looked at the product and they're like, wow, this is a piece of And then they came back to Fox News. But they hated us because Trump wasn't getting what he thought we owed him. Let me explain this to you. We are not, like, the right-wing network, the defend right-wing politicians at all costs network. We're here to defend the truth. We're here to defend America and freedom. OK, and when you hear Mika and Joe making this about Fox News, Fox News didn't conduct the January 6th committee. We weren't tasked with finding the proof. The committee was and they don't have it. Here's the clip. 32
3: I refuse to cover this. They don't think it's news. The fact that Trump officials, people close to the president are showing that they thought he was completely detached from reality and they were trying to hold the line while our democracy was being pulled apart. Like, this is not an argument as to whether or not... It is the truth being laid out before the eyes of the American people. It's not an argument that this is an important news story that should be covered by legitimate news organization. And yet we have this problem. Um, well,
7: but, well, but I just need to correct one thing. Yeah, they know it's the truth.
8: They know it's the truth. You said they don't mind. think it's the truth. No, they know it's the truth.
1: That was embarrassing. They know it's the truth. That was embarrassing. Dude, we all said January 6th was bad. Just like everybody at Fox said the summer of George Floyd was bad. Just like everybody at Fox said that storming the Supreme Court was bad during the Kavanaugh confirmation. Just like everybody at Fox said, going to Kavanaugh's house with a gun and a knife and zip ties was bad. You see, we've been condemning political violence before it became trendy and politically expedient. We're the Dr. Seuss of condemning political violence. We've condemned it on a goat, on a boat, on a train, on a plane. Things, by the way, you can't really get on without a vaccine these days, but we'd still condemn it, should you have found a workaround to that vaccine mandate and committed political violence. But when they're saying it's Fox News' fault, it's no different when they said the Mueller probe was Bill Barr's fault. Bill Barr wasn't tasked with finding Russian collusion. Fox News wasn't tasked with coming up with proof that Trump plotted a coup to overthrow our government. The January 6th committee was tasked with all of that, and they couldn't find
0: a thing. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: It's like it's a it's a game changer.
1: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. Here's John Kasich and Don Lemon over on CNN, kind of hoping to tear it apart with the January 6th committee. This is gross. Clip 31.
8: Wouldn't it have been better if Pelosi had allowed McCarthy to appoint some Republicans? It would have been disruptive. But would that have created an atmosphere where people who now say, oh, I'm not even going to watch that. That's just a kangaroo court. Wouldn't it have been better? If we had a, truly had a bipartisan committee there, even though you would have disruptors, because that's what gave Watergate the power. It was Republicans who finally turned against Nixon. The public turned against Nixon in the beginning. Many of them supported him. But at the end, they said, no, the evidence was too much. So it's something we have to ask ourselves. And and I think also, Don, that uh, do you, do you despite want all of this, death, whether people watch or not, or not, I know th- it was rhetorical.
1: My answer is, yeah, no, no. This is in 1970. You don't think? No, this is in 1973. And, and, yeah. and mucking up the process with, and I, I think it was truly bipartisan because they offered them, she offered them an opportunity to put sensible Republicans on the committee and he refused. I mean. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, this is the first committee in the history of our government, just so you understand, that is not allowing the minority party to appoint members to the panel and cross-examine witnesses. So when Don Lemon tries to tell you this is bipartisan, no, it's bipartisan because we've got Liz Cheney on the panel. Okay, I have a better chance of winning Miss Universe than she does of winning her seat again. Do you understand? And Liz Cheney, Adam, you know, Adam Kinzinger, these are like chickens. You know, these Republicans are like chickens who serve on the board at Popeyes. They're not exactly operating on this panel with the best interest of their constituents in mind. These are self-serving jackasses that thought they'd make a name for themselves by going against the grain. And the shamelessness of it all is astounding. The same Democrats who did tell you the Cheney family was evil incarnate. They were the devil. They were Darth Vader. Is now like Liz Cheney, she's the patriot. Like I'm telling you, we're living in the death of shame. We'll discuss it. Andy Biggs is coming up from the great state of Arizona. He's here. We're going to have a grown-up chat right here from Vermont on Fox Across America.
0: It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from WVMT up in Vermont. Hey, girl. Everybody's doing the damn thing, getting ready to go up to the spanked puppy. That is a real establishment. That's not like a euphemism. That's not one of those things. Uh, don't, but don't get me wrong. This is a pretty lowbrow show, but uh, we don't com- communicate in euphemisms. Okay, it's one of the reasons why this next guest is he's a quite he's a frequent guest on the show. Uh, much to his chagrin, if he's back on the show right now, like I love the guy, but this means someone on his press team is about to get fired. He just checked his schedule. Heads are about to roll in the office of Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. Hey, man.
4: Hey, hey, Jimmy. You know, that's not true. I love being on your show. It is like uh, the high point of uh, the next 10 minutes. I want <laughs> you to know that.
1: Biggs coming in shots fired. It's gonna be one of them, Biggs. It's gonna be one of them today. Okay. And it's it's listen, it's good to know. We're playing prison rules today. No blood, no foul. Oh no, oh yeah. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> right How's everything out in the fighting fifth?
4: Uh it's good. It's good. It's uh nice. It's a dry heat and uh, uh you know, prosperity abounds out here in the desert.
1: Yeah, well I'm up I'm up here in Vermont. And me and my producer are about to pee our pants because they have seventy-seven different gender restrooms, and we're not sure which one we're supposed to use.
4: <laughs> hey, well, it's... you know, you saw that uh, they want to do that in the in the Capitol, right? The uh-huh. United States Capitol, right? Yeah. That's really t- that's really tough. In fact, uh, I've had to point out to them that that we actually have a very woke uh, a committee uh, in the United States House of Representatives. We have the Transportation Committee, and so <laughs> I think that's uh, important. know.
1: Andy, Biggs, I mean, where is the snare drum when you need it? The guy's on fire. I know. I'm going to jump in before you start squeezing the rubber chicken. I love it, Biggs. It's great. It's funny. I I agree. Listen, I would take that committee over the thing Pete Booty Judge is running, and uh, I would would certainly take it over that calamity uh, that they're trying to, you know, get going over here with the January 6th thing. So just answer some questions for me. You're a guy – Who's an elected representative of Congress? Okay, this, to my understanding, is the first committee in the history of this country that's not giving the minority party the ability to cross-examine witnesses or appoint members to the panel. No.
4: Yeah, I mean, th- this is like the the first time in in history where we've seen it so so one sided. I mean, uh, we we just did a committee hearing the other day where they had eleven witnesses, nine of them Democrat witnesses, two Republican witnesses. I get that. Okay, mm-hmm. that. But we at least. Got to ask questions. We got to at least go through the process. We got to at least bring in some witnesses. What the January sixth did is is just the biggest abuse of uh, the system, the process, and and it and it really gets down to this craziness. I mean, if you're going to be stuck asking questions about, uh, you know, was Rudy Giuliani inebriated on election night or not? I mean. <laughs>
1: What what does that have to do with anything? Well, I think when you look at the state of the country, the bigger question is, were the Biden voters inebriated on election night?
4: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it. Uh, you know, what What can I say? How, how do I top that? Because you're exactly right. I mean, but I, I would su- submit to you that I, I, I've watched some of my colleagues on the floor across the aisle, and I would suggest that maybe – Maybe back in uh, their their little cloakroom, they've got some booze going there because they're not making a whole lot of sense.
1: yeah, it's a mess. we're talking to Arizona representative Andy Biggs, and you know when I'm starting to get yelled at, it's funny, you know I'm a you know rising superstar at Fox News, you know because yes, you I've are. got some well placed blackmail and low level extortion going, and it's working big, so let's just stick with me. let's ride this thing as far as it takes us before the law <laughs> steps in. but no uh one, one of the complaints coming out of the left. Is that, well, you know, Fox News needs to cover it more. And we're certainly covering it around the clock. But understand, Fox News covering it doesn't change, covering or not covering it, doesn't change the fact that Democrats are selling this as something other than what it was. Like, if they had proof. That Donald Trump had coordinated this attack in an attempt to overthrow our government, that would have leaked a year and a half ago, let alone not having been shown after three days of trial. That was the deliverable. The deliverable was we need to have this to prove how it went down, what Trump was guilty of, why he's going to leave in cuffs. This reminds me of the Charlie Brown thing. I was saying it earlier. Remember Charlie Brown, the great pumpkin, where everybody got to the (laughs) pumpkin patch, waited for the great pumpkin to fly over? By my estimation, the Democrats have just ruined another Halloween.
4: Uh, exactly. I, I mean, look, well, we knew this was going to happen. You had, look who they've got on the committee. You've got uh, uh, Raskin from Maryland. He was the guy that doctored videos in the, in the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Yeah. Had to doctor the, the, the videos. Then you got Adam Schiff, who still, by the way, he is still in that that pumpkin patch, waiting for the pump. Great pumpkin. The Russian. Come. He's and waiting the, for the great the, Russian the, the pumpkin. Russian <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah he a Russian pumpkin. Oh, I mean, it's, oh, it's coming from Russia. It's going to take a while to fly here. You got to give him some. You know, yeah. in his defense, I know, I know yeah, Charlie but, Brown's little sister's very upset with Adam Schiff, but I mean, it's a long commute.
4: Well, but I, I'm telling you, it doesn't take three and a half years to fly from <laughs> Russia. It just doesn't. But I mean, these guys they they have said the most outrageous things about everybody and so so what happens is uh, this I, you got to go through this one so you get very louder about – this is a guy from from Georgia on January 5th he's got a dozen constituents and he takes them down to to the, the museum in one of the house office buildings and then he leaves and then they leave mm-hmm. so uh the January 6th committee says he was leading them on a reconnaissance oh tour well, and then the Capitol Police said, "Well, we don't find any evidence of anything like that." Mm-hmm. And you know what the January 6th Committee folks do? They don't say, "Oh, we're sorry, yeah, we jumped the gun, we just looked, we we made a mistake here." They say, "We think it looks suspicious. We think he still does." They double down on it. That's that's where these guys come. They and- they, they they they've got a narrative and it's all about Donald Trump. This isn't about you or me or or, or any, anything else or what let's find out what happens. This is all about trying to put Donald Trump Trump in jail and that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I know it's and it's happen. so it's so funny because they're still they're still running with it. You know what it is? Like we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. And if they get people revved up emotionally, they accept it as fact. Like there are a lot of people Who believe Trump stole the election with Russia because they were made to feel that emotionally. And even though the probe came and went and there was nothing there, a lot of people still believe to this day that was the problem. Just like they believe what they've been told by the January 6th committee. But the more you watch the committee, the more you realize there's two things in play here. One, there was a gargantuan amount of irregularities surrounding the way we voted in the year 2020 something you and i have discussed in the right. past how you know changes were made at the state level in some instances working around with state legislatures um that's just a reality and two You know, the president was being told a lot of things by a lot of people. Uh, But the bigger issue here is three, which is they believe it adds up to him plotting the overthrow of the government. That didn't happen. We don't have proof. Thanks for coming. Drive safe. And that's my frustration. But here's what I wanted to pivot. Okay, this is a pivot. I don't need any more January 6th. I think we've given it more than it deserves. But I have to ask you this because you're on the line. We're talking to Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona, fighting 5th Congressional District. You are like a diamond in the rough in the Republican Party and that you are an outspoken supporter of Dr. Fauci. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Fauci gets asked yesterday. I'm sorry to do that to you. I, I owed you one. Yeah, okay. I, you came yeah, on guns really blazing. Hurt. You took your kneecapped me out yeah, of the oh, gate. I owed you one. Yeah, so, wow. you but, – but Fauci yesterday – He is asked by Rand Paul if any members on the panel that are recommending these shots for children at six months up are getting royalties from the vaccine. Fauci pivots to, well, we're not required to divulge that under the law. Where I come from, that means yes, because just because they're not required to divulge it doesn't mean they can't divulge it. And and obviously, making money off this is bad. So if they were in a position to clear their name, they would tell the truth if they weren't making money off the panel. Are we living in a world, is it your premonition, okay, since we don't really know, but is, is, does your horse sense tell you there are people on that panel that are buying ski homes tonight after pushing this vaccine on kids? Well, first of
4: all, let, let's just clarify. I am not a supporter of Fauci. If anybody, <laughs> that was sarcasm. That was sarcasm. I love that it took the, you that the, long the to radio. clean it up. I think
1: everybody got it by the laugh, but continue.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I you know, I had to I had to clarify what the host had said just then. But here's <laughs> the deal. I I do believe that there is corruption in the United States government. And and if if you've got people that are making policy and advancing uh drug uh experimental drugs vaccines on little children they want by the way they want to go infants and toddlers now and i would suggest and they they refuse to disclose whether there's there's uh they're getting i i I don't want to use the word kickbacks but maybe Mm -hmm. uh you know their palms are being greased somehow if they don't want to disclose that i would suggest that, that that let's follow see if we can follow the money Yep. And and yeah, I I don't know why they would want a ski house a ski chalet. If I was them, it would be a beach house. But but the reality <laughs> is, uh, I yes, I I, I think absolutely.
1: <laughs> Someone, I'm going to make a catalog, right? You know, they do have like the Rob Report, which caters to wealthy elites, and you know, you're buying like yachts and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. Yes, I mean, yes. I don't read it because I'm a radio guy at Fox, but I know the TV hosts read it. I see it floating around in the in the green rooms. But, yeah, I'm going to make a catalog that, that caters specifically to corrupt people getting royalties from policies they push. Because they got the good money, Biggs. I could make some money. But the point is, uh, you, my friend, are at money in the bank. Radio gold as always. I'm coming up against a commercial break. Don't fire your comms team. I think this went well. Uh, well, it was better than the last car wreck I was in. Thanks. <laughs> oh,
4: was get them get out of
1: here. It's enough out of you, Biggs. You're the best, buddy. I'll see you soon, okay? Be well. Jimmy. Take care, man. My man. The great Andy Biggs going out swinging. Never stop. uh, I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of, of, you know, afternoon radio. I'll tell you, I got no respect. You know, that whole thing. But coming up, an in-studio guest right here from the great state of Vermont, a candidate for Senate that I am so excited to talk to, Christina Nolan in the house when we come back on Fox Across America.
0: The critics have have spoken. spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting live today at the legendary studios of WVMT in Burlington, Vermont. Hey, girl. Joining me now in studio, you talk about the local talent just showing off. Uh, she is a superstar candidate for Senate here in the great state of Vermont. And she is an old school former federal prosecutor. By old school, old fashioned, I mean she actually sent criminals to jail. Remember when that was a thing? Christina Nolan is in the house. Hey, girl. Jimmy
3: Falla, welcome to Vermont.
1: Oh, it's a big deal, Christina Nolan. You're
3: a big deal. You You stop it right now. Christina Nolan
1: is such a smooth talker. I am not. She she gave me like seven compliments on the way into the door, and I'm like, they're like, no, no, that's the producer. Jimmy's over there. Oh, you hear hear
3: that all day. Thank you
1: for coming in, girlfriend. This is a big deal. Girlfriend,
3: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've been having this conversation off the air, and I don't know if we're taking it too far. You know, there's a lot of discussion around rhetoric and labels and stuff like this. But the scuttlebutt here in the studio, and I'm not a Vermonter, I'm a New Yorker. People hear my accent. They assume I'm here in the Witness Protection Program. They don't assume <laughs> I'm here up to speed on the local Senate race.
3: We but love it was New expe- York. It we was love e- New
1: York. But ever, well, everyone I talked to when I was overpaying for maple syrup a few hours ago huh? said that a vote for Peter Welch is a vote for Nancy Pelosi. So are you essentially running against Nancy Pelosi?
3: It's worse than that. It's no, a, it's a worse. Than no, that. you dare. Oh yeah, he's more extreme than that. It's a vote for AOC. Oh he, God, don't
1: do that he, to me. He caucuses
3: me. with AOC. Oh. Uh, and he's he's voted three times to defund the police. Is that true? So we can't have him in this Senate seat. These Senate seats are precious. I just got the endorsement of local law enforcement in Vermont. I'm Get so out. proud of it because they know I'll support and fund them and turn these crime rates around, these uh-huh. overdose rates around. He's with AOC. Oh. Do you want an extreme far left winger in this precious Senate seat, or do you want someone who's going to bring common sense to Washington?
1: I'm saying, Christina Nolan. And AOC, that's a, that's a rough one for us. You have to give us a trigger warning because we're from <laughs> New York. Yeah. AOC, a woman so dumb she studied for a COVID test. I mean, it's not good. But we're talking to Christina Nolan. Yeah, I don't want to hear that because AOC was, and we play the soundbite a lot on our show, okay? They wanted to defund the police. Just listen to this. I'll give you three of these.
3: Yes, I support the defund movement Here's because this is about the, the um, investment in our communities which have historically been divested not only do we need to defund but we need to dismantle and start anew why use the word defund why use the word defund and it's like this is the word that's coming from the street
1: i mean man aoc is a dope i mean really think about this yeah
3: it's leadership disqualifying
1: that it is okay that's that's what i wanted to ask you has there ever been a dumber time to be alive (laughs) than the era of defund police because they're doing it they claim In the name of empathy for minority communities, but when you defund the police, who suffers the most? The minority
3: community. 25,500 homicides in the United States in 2020. African Americans and minorities disproportionately affected. Uh, Peter Welch voted against a resolution that would have condemned calls to abolish the police, and he voted twice to allow them to be sued in their personal capacity and driven out of the profession. At, and he enjoys qualified immunity. He voted to get rid of it for police officers.
1: Oh, that's disgusting. Nolan, like I, that I don't appreciate.
3: Nolanforsenate.com if you want that seat to be held by a Republican.
1: Thank you. Nolanforsenate.com. Christina Nolan in studio. We're here at WVMT up in Vermont. Um, now, you are running for Senate. You have, you know, some cloud in the area. My producer, Mikey, is a hot mess. We're going to a live event at the Spank Puppy today. There's a good chance he falls off a patio, winds up in a in a lake or something like that. Uh, you don't have to tell me on the air, but off the air, is there a way to clean up the mess? Because we can't embarrass the Fox News Channel.
3: I got some connections. All
1: right, that's all we need to know. You no,
3: know, I just had the police, the Burlington Police, endorse me, so I might be able. Oh, to. Oh, hold on a parent. second. There's a to... reason
1: we got you in here.
3: <laughs> but I'm wondering if I could be his date to the Spank puppy. Because I'm not sure I'm invited, but I'd love oh, to go. Oh,
1: Christina Nolan, you're on the guest <laughs> list. <laughs> okay. I mean, you could be, but it would be the first time someone identified themselves as his date. So okay. you got to be ready. There's going to be a lot of historic accolades coming your way. Hey,
3: I'm a politician. I want to be everyone's date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Without discrimination.
1: Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. Okay, I think that works. Yeah. See, I'm not only a radio host, I am a matchmaker. <laughs> uh, I am I'm, I'm boosting the gate at the spank puppy, one senatorial candidate at a time. Um, do you think that the biggest problem facing this country is stupidity? Because I feel like most of our problems are not a crisis of capability,
3: they're a crisis of leadership. I think when I talk to people, they say, are you a Republican or Democrat? I say I'm a common sense Vermonter these are not difficult things we need police Mm -hmm. we need police Mm -hmm. I don't think I need to explain to most people why we need police we need a border the fentanyl that's pouring over the border is killing a hundred thousand Americans a year Mm -hmm. we need a border there's other problems on the border my opponent he's got no plan for the border he appears to think it's fine on the border that's just we just need some common sense inflation imagine my opponent voted uh, to for a five trillion dollar spending bill in a time of forty-year record inflation that is the worst idea I've ever heard. If you think 509 at the pump is bad, imagine if my opponent had gotten his way. It'd be 10 at the pump.
1: Oh, no, no it's, it's disgusting when you talk about inflation. Like it's it, Back in New York, we're in the same spot where they're not even showing the gas prices on the pump. They're just telling you what you have to do for the clerk behind the station to get a gallon of gas. Oh my. I filled it up on the missionary this morning on the way here. It was not pretty, Christina Nolan. But you're right. And when the police thing, it just keeps coming back to me because I come from a big law enforcement family. Yep. And we've got dopey Democrats. And, I mean, in Biden's defense, he thinks the police are a British rock band. So he's like, <laughs> yeah, cut them. They haven't had a hit in years. Get rid of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of this sting fellow. What's the big deal? But nolanforsenate.com is the site.
3: nolanforsenate.com, my opponent, who is a far left winger. We cannot have him take a precious Senate seat. nolanforsenate.com, he's sitting on a war chest of millions of dollars that he's socked away over the years. Special interest money, lobbyist money. I need your help to win this Senate seat. nolanforsenate.com for common sense and for the police.
1: I love it. I mean, I, we're testifying. Like, we stood up. We fell down. Me and Mikey, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I would ask for an amen, but it's a, at this point, I know I'd get more than I even need. Amen. But you got an amen. Amen, sister. NolanforSenate.com. We're out of here. I'll see you at the Spank Puppy, young lady. Great.
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting today at the legendary studios of WVMT up in Vermont, 96.3 FM, 620 AM. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, hanging out at Burlington and Plattsburgh's number one news talk station. Number one. This isn't one of those everybody gets a trophy number one. This is numero uno, meaning the best. And we are fired up in this hour. Uh, We're going to hear not only from Shannon Bream. But at the end of the show, we will hear from some of the local talent here in Burlington. And uh, it's, it's my high honor to bring them to you in the afternoon because you normally hear them in the morning if you live in Burlington. But today, the whole country has a chance to hear Kurt and Anthony.
7: No, God! No, God, please, no! No!
6: No!
1: Well, we're going to do it, okay? I'm a, I'm a gracious guest. If you have me to your radio studio, you know it is customary that at the end of the show... I bring the local people onto the air, and we have a little chit chat, and we thank them for you know having here, having us here on the show for what has been a pretty smooth sale so far. I don't mean to jinx it. I feel like the announcer that just told you that somebody was throwing a no hitter in the eighth inning. Now he's about to let up a hit two batsmen and let up a three run homer, and we're going to go get out of here with a loss. So I'll try to hold it together because right now everybody's losing. The country is the bad, it's a bad spot to be in on a Friday. You know, I'm here on a mission of goodwill. I'm going up to the spanked puppy for a meet-and-greet from 4 to 6. The whole Fox crew is on the road with me. We rode out of town last night pretty triumphantly. We were on the highest-rated cable news show in the country. It's a really funny time to be me. So I get on the air, like, you know, like a ball of cheer. But it really is kind of a gallows humor at this point. It's like a coping mechanism because the country as a whole, just such a mess. Okay, what Shannon Bream's going to be discussing is the Supreme Court. And the fact that they had doxed justices, you all know this. Okay, a man was arrested for plotting to kill Brett Kavanaugh, and we did not get a word out of it, not a single solitary word of condemnation out of places like the New York Times or the Washington Post. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. But you understand, you know, there's a double standard in play. If this was a liberal justice, the country would be on fire. Uh, We'd be talking about how this was every right-wing politician's fault, and rhetoric, it leads to real consequences, and Fox News is the devil. That's the conversation we'd be having right now. But because it was a conservative justice, you understand, you don't really get a word about it. And the reason I've come back to this a lot this week, it's an old story, you know, but the reason I keep coming back to it is what people don't get is when everybody's trying to win the 24-hour news cycle, oftentimes the country loses regardless of who comes out on top. When it comes to political violence, understand Okay, if people are showing up to Brett Kavanaugh's house to kill him, okay, if people are protesting outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house, if people are protesting outside of Justice Amy Coney Barrett's school that our kids go to, okay, the other people affected by this are liberals. It's not just conservatives. All right, so you're there to ruin the life of a Supreme Court justice. But what are his neighbors? You don't know if they're Republican or the Democrats. The people don't really give any consideration to the casualty, to the innocent bystander here. In this partisan food fight. And in this instance, the biggest casualty is America, because we got to this era of incentivized conflict where it's no longer important to show any regard, any compassion, any decency towards the other side, because you get more likes, you get more digital dopamine, you can shoot up in your veins if you call somebody Hitler, as opposed to just saying, well, I hear what you're saying. However, we don't do that anymore. You know, the old Reagan line, you know, back in the day, him and Tip O'Neill could slug it out and go have a beer. They could. Because they, are, they were grown-ups. They weren't children. They weren't unfriending each other. They weren't canceling each other. Acting like a fat screaming child at his birthday party. Mom! He doesn't want to play Red Rover. I want him out of my party. Get him out. Call his mom. I don't want him here. Mom! That's our politics. Except instead of calling mom, we're calling up Antifa. We're calling up everybody but the cops because a lot of Democrats defunded them in big municipalities. It's a mess. Even up here in Vermont, we just had a phenomenal Senate candidate on. Okay, Christina Nolan, she's running for Senate. She is a former federal prosecutor who served at a time when criminals went to jail. Okay, criminals don't go to jail anymore. Where I live in New York, you've heard me tell you this before. Yo, it's out of control. Those things we used to have in New York called walking tours, where you look at the architecture, you check out historical landmarks, they're now called running tours because you're getting chased by some type of lunatic, some pantless wino talking to himself. Some guy who just committed a violent felony an hour ago and he's back out on the streets an hour later. It's insane. And you need to start showing more empathy and consideration for the decent people. Because that's the problem we have now. Is we're doing what? We're saying, well, you know, we're not really condemning the violence against Supreme Court justices. Because, you know, their policies are an attack on women. That's not actually true. And as society becomes more violent, that doesn't make women's lives any safer. It doesn't make them any better. It's no different than the chicanery behind defund the police. They're like, well, you know, defund the police. Bail reform. You know, bail reform is disproportionately targeting the minority community. So we're not going to arrest members of the minority community who commit crimes. And if we do, we're going to let them back out. But who are they committing the crimes against? Members of the minority community. Bingo. So understand, all we're doing with bail reform is we're showing more empathy to criminal minorities As opposed to the vast 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 majority of the minority community who follow the law do you get how dumb this is we frame it as empathy we frame it as equity but it comes at the expense of the good guys think about defund the police now take away their money they're a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they're risking their lives to protect you against is there a dumber word ever been spoken by an elected politician than defund the police? The answer would be no. Of course not. I was just talking to Christina Nolan about it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen because you're trying to show the world that, oh, I want to defund the police because I'm a compassionate man. I've watched videos devoid of context where someone violently resisted arrest and wound up dying. Clearly, the cop is racist. I mean, time was you could violently resist arrest and the cops just let you go, except it didn't. It never happened that way. Do you understand? And I get so mad about this one. You know, I come from a big law enforcement family, but the bigger thing for me is, is as a former cab driver, I know how primal police work happens to be, okay? There are no easy arrests, okay? If a guy doesn't want to go and he's, you got to cuff him and he's fighting with you, it's going to get ugly. But if a guy grabs your taser, it's going to get really ugly. If a guy's abducting a, a child from a black woman at knife point like Jacob Blake did Okay, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, this is a guy with a knife, Okay, sexually assaulting a woman at knife point. He attempts to abduct her child at knife point. The woman and the child are both black. The cops show up to the scene. They see a man trying to abduct a child at knife point after sexually assaulting a woman at knife point. I don't believe they shot Jacob Blake because of the color of his skin. They might have shot him because of the color of the knife he was wielding. They might have shot him because he was resisting arrest and the cops didn't like the color of the black and blue they were getting under their eyes from getting punched. But they didn't shoot him because of the color of their skin. Okay, but understand this is how we keep having this hyper contextualized debate that's so devoid of nuance. Okay, there are a bazillion factors that go into each police interaction. You don't necessarily have all of that at your disposal. So when people are out here just passing blanket judgments on all cops as a whole, and that's why we got to where we are, because people want – okay, we live in this era of not only incentivized conflict – but we're selling a lot of moral superiority. Social media has devolved our entire society into a perpetual branding exercise. Every day people get out of bed and find new ways to explain how they're a better person than the other side. Well, I'm a better person. I want to defund the cops. They're racist. You know, that guy killed George Floyd. We all agreed the guy who killed George Floyd should die in prison. That's a thug cop. Nobody makes life harder on good cops than bad cops. Good cops want bad cops off the street so they can do their job, so they can do their job without getting spit on and being called a murderer or a white supremacist. I mean, really think about that. As you see murder rates spike, police budgets go down. We're being told this is the end result of equity. Well, if this is what equity looks like, I don't want it. Okay, because, again, I'm not in this moment the guy getting the bill for it, thankfully. But I live in a city where I very well could get the bill for it, meaning I could be the next guy that gets thrown onto a train track. Okay, it's a mess, but it's a mess. Why? Because in this perpetual branding exercise where everybody just had to be better than everybody else, it became cool to support certain violence. Well, this violence is acceptable because it's on behalf of the good people. You understand the people who want to defund the police that are out here looting the Nike store. They're the good ones. So if they burn down a black owned business in the near north of Minneapolis, it's cool if Kamala Harris says to bail them out. Never mind we fast forward 10 months, and if somebody walks into the Capitol in a water buffalo hat with a grandma wielding an American flag, they should die in prison. Folks, when there's a double standard, there's no standard. That's why we are where we are. And when it comes to the Supreme Court and the conversation we're going to have with Shannon Bream, it's the same thing, okay? People at the White House told you it's fine to protest outside a judge's home. Under the law, it's not, okay? That is fe- that's a federal felony, to protest outside a judge's house, you're intimidating a judge. You're saying, we know where you live. When you're protesting out of a judge's child's school, as they are in the, in the case of Justice Barrett, that's a way of saying, we know where your kids are. You better do what we want because we know where they are. Okay? That is not legal. That is not right. But you're not hearing a joint outcry. Because we stopped doing this thing called being a country where we're prioritizing the greater good. And we started rooting so hard for our own particular party that the whole friggin' place went to And that's my frustration. So when I get on the air on the show, yeah, it sounds like a loopy show. Oh, who is this guy? Do they pay him in whippets? It's not whippets, okay? I did them in high school. They were great, but you might freeze your brain, and my brain has enough problems without being frozen. But the point is, when I get on the air, I try to use this show as a place to reason, as a place to say, you could be listening in your car right now, punching your steering wheel and being like, Jimmy Fail, you're wrong, you're an idiot. I'm cool. You're still welcome here. You're not my enemy. And we got to get out of the mindset that people are your enemies in this country because that's why we don't have uniform standards. And those uniform standards are making all of us, every single one of us, less safe as a result.
7: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
0: A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
8: Donald Trump's presidency is over, but for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started.
0: My car won't start, friggin' Trump.
8: The Ex-President Hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. The Ex-President Hotline.
7: He's
6: destroying
5: this country and he deserves to be in jail.
6: He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take
4: a
8: deep breath.
5: Don't explain
8: to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The ex-president hotline, giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for
4: holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama.
2: I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Phone ringing off the hook at the ex-president complaint line right now. We're over in Washington. They are just, I mean, again, if Tom Brady with his seven Super Bowl rings could pass the ball as well as this administration passes the buck, he'd have 20 Super Bowl rings. I mean, there's, I've never seen anything like it. They're still yelling Trump right now in Washington. Dude, the, Trump is down in, Mar-a- in Mar-a-Lago. He's like a low-level golf hustler now. Everybody I know who knows him says he's just getting – he's getting his first natural tan in his life because he has so much free time, and his golf game has gotten so lethal. He's probably not even going to run in 2024 because he just likes beating people in golf, you know. But they're still yelling about Trump because, again, you, if you were in this position, you might do the same thing. That's the problem. It's like I keep condemning it. But understand, if you've run the whole country into the ground, nobody wants to own that. You know how they say, like, success has a thousand fathers – Failure is an orphan. Yeah, when it comes to politics, success has a thousand fathers. Failure is Trump's fault. Failure is Putin's price hike. You don't understand Putin. Bad. It's not good. That's what they keep doing. And it's so out of touch with what people are experiencing. Because the thing is, and you need to know this, if someone's going to a gas station right now and they can't fill up the car, they don't care about the other president who's not in office anymore. They don't care about the yahoos who stormed the Capitol. Storm the Capitol, bad. But it doesn't matter. It's not an actual remedy to a real-time problem people are experiencing. No different than when Kamala had her stupid study about the root causes of illegal immigration. The border's getting overrun, okay? We have a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths, specifically and adversely affecting people here in Vermont, almost as much as anybody in the country, maybe even more. It's a bad situation. But what was the response? Biden won't go down there, won't even go to the -the on-the-border restaurant chain, let alone the southern border. OK, Kamala gave us what? A study on the root causes of illegal immigration. Again, that study doesn't secure the border, doesn't police the fentanyl, doesn't hold the cartels liable for the death and destruction they're causing on our streets. We've basically sold out our border to a narco state. And the response is we blamed it on climate change. Kamala Harris blamed it on well, the weather's changing. You understand? They're trying to weaponize Okay, a real crisis that's taking deaths at a record pace 107,000 over overdose deaths this year. By telling you, well, if we just do something about the environment, these people won't come. Oh, I get it. If the weather changes, the fentanyl's not deadly anymore. Come on, man. This is embarrassing stuff. But Biden keeps running out and saying ultra MAGA. Here's another clip. He did it again yesterday with a straight face. He got out there and he yelled about ultra MAGA. We
5: have a president that is clearly not all there.
1: And and, and the reason I would say not all there is because when you yell out ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, MAGA, Arctic ice blast, you know all the stupid names they're giving it. It's a reminder. It's like a hard, it's a throwback to the good old days. We didn't have a border problem under Trump. We didn't have record level inflation under trump you dig you could put gas in your car under trump so you might not like his tweets you might not like what he says but the quality of life was exponentially better i agree with that but here he is trying it again passing the old buck it's clip 24. i don't
2: have to tell you about the ultra maga agenda attacking families and our freedoms 300 discriminatory bills introduced in states across this country in texas Knocking on front doors to harass and investigate parents who are raising transgender children. In Florida, going after Mickey Mouse for God's sake.
1: So embarrassing. I mean... You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Dumb and shameless. They're going after Mickey Mouse. They're not going after Mickey Mouse. They were yelling at Disney because Disney was doing what? They were trying to push a narrative that Florida had somehow banned gay people. Has anyone listening been to Key West? I'm going to go out on a limb and say gay people are allowed in the state of Florida. They might have banned straight people in Key West and got, and South Beach even. And I love it down there. Great places, great towns, great times. But Disney was trying to, you know, gaslight the country over Florida, being bigoted against gay people while Disney was doing business in 12 countries where they would literally throw you off a bridge if they found out you were gay. Hey, I'm going to the pride parade. There you go. Did not even have. I mean, think about that. That's the insanity of the time we're living in. And I say this: we're living in the death of shame. People don't know shame anymore. They're willing to say anything if they think it helps them, but they're not saying anything that helps you. That's Biden's problem. That's why they had this historic loss down in Texas this week. Okay, you've got a district that has voted. Just so you understand, it has voted Democratic for a hundred years. Here's Myra Flores explaining why it's no longer doing that. This is clip uh twenty six
3: people always ask me, Myra, how can you be a Republican whenever you were born in mexico and that's that clearly shows me that they know nothing about our culture. I was raised with strong conservative values. We're all about faith and family and hard work. That's who we are, so our values do really align with the Republican party
1: and she's spot on it's true okay the The Latino community's values align with the Republican party. they don't want a fake word like Latin X to tell them they're oppressed. They fled real oppression, a lot of people. Food insecurity, cartel violence, corrupt regimes. Sadly, they now have all of those things in America. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like oh, I walked a 1,000 miles for this. I could have stayed home. This is madness. But we're going to try to clean it up with Shannon Bream, far too classy for this program. But she's like the Garth Brooks of cable news. She has friends in low places. She will visit them next.
0: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fayla.
1: Wow. If you know your freestyle music, this is an 80s roller skating jam called I Can't Wait, which is very apropos because I can't wait to talk to this next guest. I can't promise you the feeling is mutual, but I can't wait to find out. Shannon Bream is back on the show. Hey, girl.
5: Listen, you know it is. I've been waiting all day for this, really, all week.
1: <laughs> oh, Shannon Bream is such a smooth talker. You really, you sure know how to treat a girl. You really do.
5: <laughs>
1: um, I mean, hello. I might even buy you dinner. Yeah, Imagine. Imagine. Well, let's have this talk really quick because I don't know why. We have a rotator. So the rotator just plays, if I give them 200 songs, they just rotate 200 songs that I like. But it did bring on an 80s roller skating jam, and maybe that's oh for a gosh, reason. So I have to ask you. Uh, was Shannon Bream in the roller rinks in the 80s? Were you skating oh, down in Florida? You no,
5: know it. That song by New Shoes is a <laughs> classic. And of course I was. I had little pom poms on my skates that I made by hand. And um, no one ever went to couple skate with me. But when they would do the girl's choice, you know, like all the guys run to the bathroom and hide from you.
1: <laughs> oh, I lost you for a second, Shannon Bream. Hold on. Where'd you go? I'm here can you hear there me? you are, Shannon Bream. You were skating backwards. you must have got away from the microphone.
5: I did. um, I was saying I love new shoes they are awesome, um but I never no one ever wanted to skate with me for couples couple skate, but mm-hmm. there was that one skate per night where they would do like Sadie Hawkins, where the girls would go ask the boys, yeah, and that was my only opportunity
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, shannon bream, um former beauty pageant contestant, uh just really was just dy- dying on the vine. I don't know that I buy this Shannon Bream. Uh, but I'm going to play along. That's my job. In our friendship, a lot of people refer to me as the flavor flave to your Chuck D. So I'm just going to wear my oh, clock and just echo your okay. sentiments. Well, <laughs> um, listen,
5: I will, re- I will remind you of the time in seventh grade that I was challenged to a fight in the bathroom over my Sergio Valente jeans. And that's true. That's a true story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shannon Breen, did you accept? Went. did you accept gosh, the well. challenge?
5: I did, and then she backed out. So that's when I found out that if you actually accept the challenge and show up, that's half the battle.
1: <laughs> you got to play the teams on the schedule. And if they know you're willing right. to play them, a lot of them cancel. These are, these are words of wisdom. This is why you have Shannon Bream on the show. I mean, there's a multitude <laughs> of reasons, but, but, but this is the main one. Um, well, exactly. now that I know where you stand on roller skating, uh, I, I have a theory. I don't know if this is true, but you know people. You cover the Supreme Court as astutely as anyone in the land. OK, my I have this premonition that the reason we're not getting a ruling in this Dobbs case is maybe some of these justices have kids in the D.C. area and they want school to be out before they turn D.C. upside down if, in fact, it winds up being the ruling a lot of us believe it to be. Think there's any credence to that?
5: Yeah. I mean, and I've talked with folks about that. Most of the schools here are out. I think it's probably going to be. uh, But I think you're right. I think that could definitely be part of it, because finally, you know, last night, the president signed the bill for the security um, for for the justices. And this now extends it to their immediate families as well. So I think everybody should feel slightly better that um, they now all have around-the-clock protection. I think it has more to do with the case and just that they usually leave the biggest one for the final day. The justices are out of town. They go off to, you know, speaking and teaching assignments for the summer. They don't have to stick around for the fallout. And um, I got to think that's part of their consideration.
1: Wow. Now, that's a good point. You know, in comedy, in stand-up comedy, the old adage is you don't open with your closer. Meaning you don't do your most outrageous joke first because how do you follow mm-hmm. it for forty-five mm-hmm. minutes? Ooh, so, so Yes. Right. So you're saying, "Scotus," they don't want to open with their closer. So this this is probably <laughs> the last kid. No, I get it. No, this is this is again Shannon Bream. You're speaking my language. Shannon Bream is on the line, and we don't just book her because she knows Kevin Cork. I mean, that's the main reason. I'm not going to lie to you. It
5: is the main reason. He's he's. I drop his name everywhere.
1: Yo, we and it's what be- works. Yeah, well, we have become fast friends. Like, once in a while, we'll respond to a tweet or we'll message each other. We like, we have a mutual admiration society, but from afar. You know, they say, like, don't meet your heroes. Like, I do have a concern because right. I, I, saw, I saw Kevin Cork at the White House Correspondence Dinner. It's great. Oh, my God, Kevin Cork. And then I asked to take a selfie, and he charged me $250, which I was like, I don't know. Well, that's
5: this... a discount. He charges me 500
1: <laughs> Hey, at least he's not beating you up for your Sergio Valente jeans again.
5: Right. By the way, I did meet someone super famous that I really thought was funny and looked up to at one of those White House correspondence dinners, and she could not have been more mean to me.
1: Really? So don't oh, mean to you, here. right? You, oh, I, do you want to name names? Because I have a great, I have a great one from this year's correspondence dinner. If, if you do, well, you I have her this year. Yes. Um.
5: Ooh, wh- no, I've never named her, but it was disappointing.
1: Oh. Well, in what my instance, you? yeah. Have,
5: in, you, have you have you named your person?
1: Yes, in my name it wasn't disappointing, but Anna Navarro from the View saw me in a hallway. And Shannon, she made <laughs> you know what uh, she made three faces in a row of disgust at me. It wasn't enough to make Uh-oh. a disgusted face. She made three. She was like the I don't like you, you're disgusting, get Uh-oh. away from me face and then she threw her hands up and walked the other way. Oh, <laughs> and I was no. just like maybe and it I was just intrigued.
5: Like, maybe it was trying to figure you out.
1: No, honestly, it was it was what I classified it as, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dog with a job. My tail's just always wagging. I am so stunned. You know when you go to the airport and the dog's like, wow, I can't believe they're counting on me to sniff these bags. It's amazing. So I'm always in a good mood, and I just took it as like, wow, I must be really doing more TV that a woman on The View actually knows who I am, so I guess it's just kind of funny <laughs> that I just got cursed out by someone's face. It was fascinating. Well,
5: the thing is, a lot more people are seeing you on TV than her, if we're going to
1: be honest, about the <laughs> Shannon Bream, Chuck D, getting Flavor Flames back. Fight the power, Shannon Bream. I love it. <laughs> Not here for you. Oh, you're the best. You're the, I'm the best hype man ever. But, I mean, as, as lead rappers go, Shannon Bream, there's none better. There's none better. Well, mm-hmm. all right, listen. Another question on the mind of my listeners who follow you loyally day in and day out. As you have become the preeminent horse racing handicapper in the Fox News sphere, uh, did you bet the Belmont?
5: I didn't. I feel like, you, you know, the luck you I got in the top? Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Because, right. I decided I'm going to retire at the top of my game. Um, I don't think the gambling thing is going to be a good road for me to go down, professionally <laughs> or personally. So I think you hit it big one time. you got to just, you know, you roll on that.
1: I respect that. I do. No, I, I respect that. Um, and I think nowhere in the world is there a guy who'd be better off if only he spent a few more hours at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Exactly. No one on the deathbeds like, gosh, I really wish I'd gotten more into that gambling thing.
1: (laughs) No one's writing that country song about the, you know, the the ballad of the guy who should have gambled more. It doesn't end good for any of them. No. And
5: when you do one really ridiculous, death-defying bet that pays off, you just got to enjoy that. Just bask in the glow and never attempt fate again.
1: Thank you, Shannon. I mean, so many words of wisdom today. This This is amazing. Like, it's actually worth the appearance fee you're charging us this time.
5: But Whoa. but I told you less than Kevin.
1: <laughs> that's true. I that's that's true. You give us the home team discount. Um, what other political mm-hmm. question? Because it's been on my mind. Okay, when it comes to SCOTUS and the you know lack of a uniform standard as, as it pertains to condemning violence against justices, obviously with this horrific Kavanaugh story. But you were you a little taken aback, or maybe maybe this is just par for the course now that Nancy Pelosi. I feel like could have made a little bit more of a condemnation as opposed to the non-answer she gave on the potential threats, especially at these pro-life centers. Were you a little taken back or do you expect it at this point?
5: Well, no, I was just because I think that good people, which I think the vast majority of Americans agree that they don't care if it's an abortion clinic or a pregnancy crisis pregnancy center – like they expect the same standards. We expect the DOJ to enforce the law the same way and to go after the same threats the same way. Um, and I don't think I, I don't know what the downside to Nancy Pelosi would be for the speaker to say, yes, I condemn this. I don't know what the downside is to that. that, that you're not taking the position of uh, you know, pro-life folks. You're just saying yeah. that we don't think anybody should be
1: firebombed. Thank you. I mean, and I I don't think that's a controversial statement. It's like we're really living in a wild time where Mm -hmm. you're measuring your words when it comes to the condemnation of political violence. But this is why we can't have nice things. Okay, the one point I would make, Mm -hmm. though, Shannon Bream, is I think everyone listening, if, if they had it to do over, they would roller skate with you if they had it to do over after this appearance.
5: Well, I, roller skating thinking making a comeback. I might go back and uh, hit the rink and see what I can do.
1: <laughs> Shannon Bream, taking it to the ride. I love it. I'll tell New Shoes to get the band back together. I know two of them are probably driving for Uber. I'll get them the day off, and uh, we'll do some skating, okay?
5: <laughs> okay, promise me you'll be there.
1: Oh, I'm there. You don't worry about a dang thing, and I won't even charge you the appearance the fee, unlike some people. Shannon Bream, Perfect. Uh, you're the coolest. I'll see you soon. Bye. There she goes. The legend. Shannon Bremen, there we go. When we come back, we will shut down this week with the pride of morning radio here in the great state of Vermont. Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a win for the American people. If ever there was one. Wrong. Oh, come on. Just stick with me. Anthony and Kurt going to join us next on Fox Across America.
0: Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
1: Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America, we are, of course, broadcasting live from the legendary studios of WVMT the FM 620 AM. My day began today, just two short hours after I got out of the Bronco, <laughs> broke the land speed record between New York and Vermont. It began on the radio with these two gentlemen, who are not only titans of radio, but you've probably seen them on TV, Datelines to Catch a Predator, yeah, uh, Cops. <laughs> You know, these these guys movies, they're in Boys on My Hood. You know, there's a lot of I mean, a high honor to finish the day with Kurt and Anthony, the morning team here on the morning drive on WVMT. Hey girls.
7: Well, I heard, you know, on your trip back here, you were exceeding the speed limit a couple times. I was talking to somebody that was with you, uh-huh, and uh, the troopers were looking out for you, but they were afraid to chase you because they said they thought it would turn into an OJ thing. It would look like OJ. <laughs>
1: That's why you drive a white Bronco. They're <laughs> yeah. like, Well, this guy's not stopping anyway. Right. He's just gonna he's just gonna make us follow him back to his house, and then he's going to get on and proclaim his innocence and all of that. And I already know half of O.J.'s legal team because they come on Fox. We like Dershowitz, those guys. <laughs> yeah, So they safe. didn't bother with me. No, of course um, not. Well, let me ask you this question for my own interest, though, because in all the time I've spent driving to Ohio, I do know this to be true. You won't see a state trooper in the state of Pennsylvania, like period. Like you'll get pulled over in Jersey. You, know, The minute you get into Ohio, you'll get pulled over just to get pulled over. But, But in Pennsylvania, you can rip. Are they out in Vermont at night? Oh yeah. Well, they it
7: depends on where you are. If yeah, you're in Burlington, you're safe because they've gotten rid of half of our police officers. So you, you know, there's upside <laughs> the to good downside. News is to there's everything. no cops. The, the bad, bad <laughs> news is there's
1: no cops. Okay. The
7: bad news is if you're if you're a criminal, uh, you don't have to worry
1: about it. And if also if you're speeding, you don't have to worry about it either. So last night on the way up, me, Mikey, and Tamara, you know, we leave Fox. Uh, we get into the truck at about nine forty-five. The GPS tells us we have a 235 arrival. I did manage to shave, like, 30 minutes off of that, which is, in, again, in 300 miles is pretty good because it means you're, do, you're averaging, like, 82. Right. So what happened is my cab driving instincts kicked in around, like, 1 a.m., and I just closed the deal. We got, we did, Vermo- I don't think we ever drove less than 85 in Vermont
8: Well, you on country roads. You hit it, uh, usually on that road you came up. Yeah. I was thinking that as I was coming up about three hours before you. Uh-huh. Uh, usually there's two or three state troopers. So we did get lucky. You did. Now oh, listen,
7: we got a lot, lot, a lot of law enforcement that listens to the show. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get you his license plate number. It's a white Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> on the way back tomorrow, you might be able to get yeah, it. If, if yeah, if
1: speed is, no, if speed is Controlled here by camera, I owe about $6,700 right oh, now. Oh, no, no, we don't have They're sending cameras. those tickets in the mail because we have that down in New
8: York. Well, we only have hunting cameras. I Is that to, true? I have to yeah. say, I,
7: I did manage to get a couple speeding tickets last
1: year. Oh, so. nobody likes a show-off. That's <laughs> impressive because you're doing it on a horse. With not, They don't let you <laughs> exactly. drive anymore. Not after the last one. No, we're talking to Curtin Anthony. Uh, co-host of The Morning Drive. I was on that show to begin the day. Uh, this place is gorgeous, by the way. What do, this building we're in, explain this to me. What are we in? This is a former Army facility, military facility?
8: It's uh, it's called 40th and Allen. Uh-huh. It was constructed um, around the turn of the century, late 1800s. Uh-huh. Um, and there's actually a museum at the other end. At one point, I think there was like 9,000 soldiers living here. Wow. Most of them in tents. This is one of the officers' quarters, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it it's it's a pretty cool real spot history, in history here. It is. And I tell you what, Jimmy, mm-hmm. you don't want to be in this particular one late at night
7: because
1: it, it is supposed is it to really be haunted. Is it really haunted? Everybody keeps telling oh, yeah. me it's oh, haunted. Yeah. Well, what's funny is bit the a event we did, a little bit a woman who's like a woman who's a and I didn't well, know that, but maybe we should bring
8: her okay. up. Starting. No, I've, actually, you're cutting a little close because one day I, I'm pulling in to do the show and there's a woman in the parking lot saying, oh, I'm I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. I'm a guest. And she said she was a guest on one of our sister stations. It turns out she was sent by a psychic because she felt a, a, this building had so much presence. A she was not a guest on either of our radio stations. Folks. We're broadcasting, of course, live from
1: a state where marijuana is legal, Yeah, and uh, this might be one of the strongest arguments against it. And prostitution thinks, is coming. Oh, yeah. is it really? In more ways than one. Good night, everybody! <laughs> hey! Bang! I got a million of them! Come on down! We're going to be at the Spank Puppy from 4 to 6. Well, you know, personally for me, Kurt, I want to say this, because when I started on this station, uh, you were an early uh, supporter of the show. So it means a lot. As nice as you guys are to me, like, God, uh, the Fox guys here. It's a big deal to me. You know, when we met you, we didn't have a lot of stations. We were just starting the the, the move, you know, the movement of of building what this thing is. And I had told you back then, like, no, I'm the guy who actually shows up. Like, if I'm on your station, I'm going to come hang out. So this is a campaign promise fulfilled, is it not?
7: I love it. Promises made, promises kept,
1: George, no. George W. Bush, right? <laughs> uh, I'm a one-term host.
7: I, no. <laughs> I remember Anthony was doubting it. He said, he's too big. He's he's not going to end up coming. I said, trust me, Jimmy's
8: coming. Well, well Anthony was talking about
1: here. my weight. He wasn't talking about my status. He was like, "He's too. they can't get that guy in a car for that amount of time. Well, Look at the size I, of I have well, to you... admit,
8: part of the reason I called you out on the air when you were on our show one day, it was like, I don't think you're gonna make it. You're, no, no, I show you up. You've got so many TV hits. How are you gonna find time? Well, I I, I don't know how.
1: Uh, I did it in between hits. We did Tucker last night. When I get home tomorrow, we'll drive from here straight to Lawrence Jones and do his show and do his show. But, but go ahead. But what a thrill it is for us, though. Think about uh, it buddy. seriously. No, I mean here we are last night
7: watching you on Tucker Carlson. Wow. I'm watching the other day on the five. Yeah, yeah. You're on nationwide on 110 stations across the country. And we get you right here in person on our station in Burlington, Colchester, Vermont. You're wow. on the
1: inside, man. You're on the inside. You were an early adapter. And when I say on the air, like, hey, this is our show. Like, I really mean that. Like, when we go out to this event tonight, yeah. I-, I don't know. I guess you won't be surprised because you guys know me personally. But I'm hanging out with these people till they're done. Like, that's what I like. I li- I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by people because you understand in my old job you know, you drove around for 12 to 15 hours a day. You'd pick up, like, 50 people a day, and you'd talk. And I'm so fascinated by the human condition. I'm like a low-level psychologist, you know? Like, I could never get licensed. There's no there's no chance anyone would license me in good conscience, but I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely interested. And I think that's why the show works on some level, is I'm basically doing a version of what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, just maybe doing it... Um, with a little more ridiculousness. We're playing, you know, my child is on the show. We're playing drops and singing songs and doing dumb stuff. What's so great about it? Well, it, well, thank you. But what it really is, just so we're all on the same page here, is it's a workaround, the fact that I don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> so if you can sing about it instead of talk about it, I just bought myself two minutes.
8: Dude, at least it's a workaround and not a reach around. So I'm happy. <laughs> hey, play Whoa. your cards right. Play your
1: cards right. <laughs> I told you it was a
0: morning guy. We what? had to have one of
8: those. i well, I had to. Just one. I'm, i I sing on our
1: show but uh, I get a lot of complaints is the problem. Are you one of those singers? Yeah. Where they that's funny. karaoke and I, I well, have two drinks about and... karaoke. So really quick because when we were in uh Dubois, Pennsylvania, uh, the legendary Connect FM, Mikey and I went out there. We had an outstanding night. We hosted the Best of Tri-County Awards, but afterwards they took us to a karaoke bar mm-hmm. where it violated the Geneva Convention. Yeah. It was egregiously bad singing. Maybe we were just there on a bad night. The food was outstanding. We loved the place. Where is the singing in your karaoke? Do people showing up? Is it like Nashville where they're trying to get record deals? There's a
7: place downtown? No, no, J- meaning it. What is it oh. at
1: talent-wise? Just really quick, I'm oh. going to lose you in 40 well, seconds.
7: Well, I have been to JP's Pub
1: downtown, mm-hmm. um, and there's been some pretty talented people. You tell me there's talent, but now when you well, when you issue that sometimes. when you issue that verdict, how many keg stands have you done? Before yeah. you well, go, Simon Cowell, and give him a thumbs last up. Last thumb time down. I was
7: there, I sang "Sweet Caroline," and trust me, it wasn't good. Yeah.
8: <laughs> and, and it doesn't really get going until after everybody's loaded, yeah, after eleven. So it all okay. sounds good.
7: Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, all great. At, at two,
1: we sound like a ten. And there, there is, yeah. The point is, you don't want to get to karaoke at the beginning of the night. That's what you're trying to oh, tell yeah, me. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. we have reached the end of the night on this fine broadcast. A high honor to grace the airwaves with you boys one more time. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for see coming. everybody up. At Real the was spank- ours.
8: I will see everybody twice at the Spank Puppy because we're going to be hammered.